This is a Geekdo Podcast. Uh, in 1953, writer Ian Fleming introduced the world to a fictional British Secret Service agent known as James Bond. Code number 007. Featured in 12 novels and two short story collections, the character has also been adapted for television, radio, comic strip, video games, and film. The films are the longest continuing a continually running film series of all time and have grossed over seven billion but dollars that is it's probably should be pound because it's british am i right it's america here yeah that's fair the bond films are renowned for a number of features including the musical accompaniment with the theme song having received academy award nominations on several occasions and two wins this week we are ranking our favorite james bond theme songs Hello and welcome to Drinkin' Geek Out, or if you're listening to this to uh, Drinkin' Geek OST podcast, this is a crossover between the two. We're bringing everything together because this is a James Bond month and we figured we should talk about the music as well. But we usually drink beer and we usually geek out about music. So I'm your host, Dustin, and alongside me is... This is Saf, and with me is a special guest, Keith. And with me is a pale. And today's episode is featuring Firestone Walker Union Jack IPA. And the song you are listening to is the James Bond theme written by Monty Norman and arranged by John Barry. And it's probably the most iconic song of the franchise. It was used to accompany the opening titles for Dr. No, but it does not qualify to be ranked in this episode along with On Her Majesty's Secret Service theme because we are only ranking theme songs that have lyrics. And I bet you never heard this part. No, I haven't. It has a little the breakdown. Oh, I remember <laughs> this one from the beginning of Dr. No. This song has not, not been long enough to fill the credits. <laughs> <laughs> the murder. The murder scene. Yes. When this played. Alright, fade that out, or just stop it. Or just stop it all together. <laughs> and we have beer. British right. beer? British beer. It's not really, it's a Californian beer company, but yeah. it has a British symbol on it. Uh, the beer we have in front of us is Fire Walk- Firestone Walker's Union Jack IPA. It is 007% ABV, and is that correct? 0070 IBUs? Yes. Well, with the coincidence of the sevens, we might as well say this is the 007 geek reference. (laughs) There we go. An aggressively hopped West Coast-style IPA Union Jack showcases exceptional dry hop character with stunning pineapple, citrus, piney aromas on the nose accompanied by honey-like malt aromatics. Double dry hopping brings bold grapefruit, pale, tangerine, and citrus flavors that are contrasted by pale malt sweetness Ooh. to balance this intense brew. 
a true tribute to the style that put the West Coast on the craft beer map. It was craft beer. (laughs) There was nothing else. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're right. That was it. It was the original, kind of like Bond. James Bond. What do we have on the can? We have the Union Jack, which is the British flag in the background. Correct. Oh, that's what that's called. Oh, I had no idea. Several English-style places that have like the Union Jack name to it. Yep. No idea. It's my social studies background. I haven't used that in like six years. So. <laughs> <laughs> Studying it's also flags. Got a like gray, all gray background, pretty much, uh, with a bear and a lion about to fisticuff. Yeah. Looks like a royal lion. Kind of like the family, royal family crest mm. or something like oh, that. Okay. It also looks royal like uh, your favorite team doing a little boxing style, like a fighting Irish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> With the Dukes up. Oh, it does. Yeah. I thought you said I was a Bears fan. I'm like, I don't like the Bears. What are you talking about? <laughs> you like, like oh, Lions. that oh, fighter. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> You're wearing their hat. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. And I'm like, wait, what are you talking about? Oh, yeah, the fighting Irish. Yes, yes, yes. They're duking it. They are duking it. I, it's my specialty. Yep. <laughs> should have saved that for your episode then. <laughs> right. Um, the only issue that I'm seeing right here is it's hard to tell what the background is unless you have it like specifically uh, lined up with the light or with, I guess, with the background light. Because, I don't know, I was thinking this can, can was clear until I was paying attention to it. <laughs> Right. So I like the design. I like the idea, but it's just, it's hard to tell. I think it, they're going for a marble look. It's yeah. What I got from it. So just yeah, simple marble sense. background. I, I thought it was I, wood grain at first. I grabbed the can colored. like this. I grab it like this and I think I'm drinking a Coors Light. <laughs> yeah. <that's>, yeah. <laughs> I don't them, see the logo. The mountains aren't blue. What's up with the star above the bear? That's it, just so. That's Russia. He's the Russian. Russia. The Russia. Oh, I gotcha. I yeah. see it. It's coming together now. It's making more yeah. sense. <laughs> it's making more sense. <laughs> I think we need a history lesson with this guy. I think so. <laughs> it's a nice little shield too. If you didn't pick that up, the and royal family like a shield. A tear in it where Union Jack is coming through. It looks like the paper ripped. Does the lion and the bear fighting? They took a <laughs> claw. Clawed it. The claw. The claw. <laughs> All right, let's look at the color of the beer, I think. It is pee. <laughs> yeah. I made that cool. comment pouring it. I'm like, this is human piss. It is Coors Light. Ooh, it's so clear. Yeah, it's super see-through, which is uh, appealing to some people. They don't like the hazy, you know. Right. Um. Because because uh, I guess they just don't understand it or what, uh, but you know they like it a little bit clear. Um, so super clear would say it's to be the predator. I'm assuming I can't say brilliant, so we'll just stick with the predator. Um, I had a, a terrible pour, but it was because I was being a jerk about it. <laughs> but the head didn't last that long at all. Yeah, I don't have think. any on mine; just a little around the edge, but. There was not much when I poured it, even. Yeah, I poured both pale and mine, and mine I poured too fast, so it was a bad pour. So I had about you know 
that much head, a couple inches <laughs> worth. And then I poured pails and it was perfect and he had no head at all. So, yeah. I also don't think there's a whole lot of carbonation. I think you see bubbles depending on what glass you have it in, but it yeah. doesn't really look very yeah, it carbonated. There's just a, a few f- hither and thither. I mean, my, mine is like a consistent stream, but stream of bubbles coming up. Yeah, the that's top. that's the glass though. Glass, okay. Yeah, that's uh the the air trying to get through the glass or not through the glass, but it's <laughs> the shape of the glass. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay, yeah. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So nothing to do with the beer. No. Okay. The color is probably like a golden eye. Oh, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even looked at that. I don't know. Golden eye is a satellite, and that's just like silver, so it doesn't really work. But yeah, I think it's red too. The golden yeah. eye itself is like red with mm-hmm. silver around it. I guess you can pretty much just say that it's like the box art for the game, right? Yeah, because the the font of golden eye. Yeah. Yeah. For the game. Oh, the the font was red. Oh, it was? Yeah. But what was yellow? I thought 007. The golden part. Oh, golden. The 007 part. was the red part. That's what I thought. And yeah. golden itself was. I think just the fact that it says uh, N64 in the corner is the yellow part. <laughs> <laughs> I could be way off base. It's, ma- it's mainly orange and red in this one. I was way off. But, I mean, yeah, see, there's the cartridge. I don't have the box for whatever reason, but I do have the game. I have the box buried somewhere, but yeah, I got mm. the game too. Okay. It's out my pictures. It's more of the 007 from World is Not Enough. Yep, I have yeah. that box too. <laughs> so, yeah, we're just going to, even though it's probably wrong, we're going to go with 007. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The golden eye. It's or the golden, golden gun. gun. Yeah, it's a it's a little tinted gold. Yeah, there you go, gold finger. <laughs> There's so many gold options, <laughs> right? All right, let's, let's yeah do our smell test. Yeah, let's do little sniffers. Sniff. Mm. IPA. Mm. I think I'm down too low. I need to fill up. It's got a little hoppy aroma and mm-hmm. uh, like a sweetness. Yeah, that sweet, creamy style. Yeah. IPA creamy. I think it's piney as well. Yeah, that's one of the aromas mm-hmm. that they promised. They also mm-hmm. said something about citrusy. I'm not really... Maybe that's a really hint of that sweetness, it. but... Yeah. Uh, the grapefruit comes through mostly in the taste. We're not even there yet. But we're we not there yet. We haven't tasted it yet. That was just yeah. a little sneak peek. Did you sniff was, some in your nose? How is Dustin so <laughs> low if he hasn't even tasted it yet? Yeah. Because they're twelve ounce cans. See now, <laughs> now, <laughs> now the glass is full. Oh, there we go. <laughs> You're drinking out of a growler. Yep. <laughs> Just didn't pour it fast enough, or too much. Mm. Yeah, I, I think that. Yeah, we would go with Grudy for the pine smells. Yep. I would. I mean, I would have to agree. With the annoying orange aspect of it, it is citrusy. Just not quite sure if it's grapefruit or something else. I don't smell pineapple. That might be like um, the flavor that you're supposed to taste, not really supposed to smell, but it's just not something that I'm picking up from this. But there's something sweet there. I'm not really sure. Uh, It could just be the malts. That's really just, I don't know, mainly smelling pine. 
imagine that. <laughs> I think the honey-like malt aromatics is what the sweet smell I was gathering. Oh, yeah, the honey, yeah. Sweet, sweet smell. The the Viking blood is what we'll call that one. <laughs> the honey smell. There you go. I don't think we have a honey. Uh, pineapple, but I don't really smell it, so I can't really say you know say yeah. it's SpongeBob song or anything. So. I notice a little bit of the grapefruit now, but that's because I've skipped ahead to the tasting portion, and I think that <gasps> tricked my nose into yeah. smelling it. Probably muzzles all down the hatch since pails almost out. <laughs> I wish. And I'm almost at one number two. I'm actually liking number two. Liking this quite a bit. You like that? Number two. I got three more in the fridge. We can keep drinking this during this episode. It's very it's very mellow too. Uh for being a West Coast where you kind of anticipate it having some kind of um taste to it uh piney taste rather from what they say it's actually really smooth it's cut with those citrusy flavors and probably the honey yeah those 70 ibus are noticeable but i don't think it's as bad as i was thinking it would be I yeah, right it'd be a lot more intense bitterness wise mm-hmm. definitely not lingering i'm used yeah. to lingering if i have something with super high abvs i get that punch right in the lower half of my jaw. And it makes me feel like, you know how like dogs try to get peanut butter out of the roof of their mouth? I feel yeah. like that with hops. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm. mm-hmm. trying to salivate enough to get it out of there. Not that I hate the taste of hops, but if that's the only thing I'm drinking or tasting, <laughs> problematic. Too much. I f- yeah, I feel like I'm the same way with the piney notes that just kind of hit me a little hard and they, they linger, but the citrus... Cuts that down quite mm-hmm. a bit, but not completely, and then just kind of makes it more of a enjoyable experience, a more of a smoother experience without losing the piney notes. Definitely a good uh, staple beer, if that's what this is for them, which I have a feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it seems like it, because they put it in all their sample boxes. Mm-hmm. They throw this beer in there, so it seems like, hey, let th- this is one of our big hits or best beer so yeah i feel like they've worked on this a while and they finally perfected the the recipe mm-hmm. not really tasting seven percent though Mm-mm. i think they also had a double jack or something mm-hmm. i saw it pop up when i was searching for a union jack that would have been perfect a double o jack <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was hoping that it was noticeable the alcohol it's not because noticeable on our paint scale is James Bond. But the alcohol, I wouldn't say, is noticeable. So I can't lie. So it's more like um, if there's anything, it's little, but mainly not detectable. I'm not really tasting. It's not boozy at all. So probably data on the alcohol geek level. Again, yeah. very piney, so gruddy flavor. Mm-hmm. Citrusy. It's super just grapefruit, really. To me, I don't really taste the pineapples. I don't. You know, things like that. So, I don't know. Probably moderate hop bitterness. I don't think it's too mm-hmm. aggressive. Yeah, especially if it's 70. Right. And we're not even talking about the hop part, which is interesting in itself. It's supposed to, like, knock your socks off. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's not bad. So, yeah, I think I agree. It does. With, the description calls it aggressively hopped, but I wouldn't say it, no. it comes through that way. No. Does anybody get the tangerine? I don't know if we 
brought that up. The citrus, I think at this point, just kind of blends together. Yeah, I think yeah. it's just blending too. A good thing that it blends well. Yeah, it's like drinking a tropical beverage. It's got a medley of all the tropical oh, yeah. style fruits. It's kind of hard to pick out a one unless it was overpowering like coconut. Like how smeared off like how. But that's only two times. They blend those. Um, on untapped there are 245,834 ratings and it's a 3.81 average luckily for content wise on the show i have 17 friends who check this in oh my Dang. god good lord i thought i had a lot i'm at an 11 i only had seven <laughs> i have the least <laughs> All right, how about this? You guys read yours. That way I don't take everybody's. Well, I have the least amount. Should I start? Or d- yeah. How many do you have, Seth? I also have 11, but it's a lot of repeats, it looks okay. like. Okay. Well, I'll skip the first one. I'll skip the first two because you're already here. <laughs> uh, Nathaniel didn't rank it. I have Christian D. from his Pecan Court cold sack. He says, much better than the others. This is a par mainstay. I love October. Not sure if you caught on. He's, he has a picture of a scarecrow holding his beer, or next to his beer. And Spooky. he gave it a 3.75. That was two years ago. Uh, James checked this in, but he didn't say anything. Oh, Christian drank this again. Kind of a sweet tinge to this, crisp and hoppy. A bit different from what I normally drink, but good. 3.75. Nathaniel had it again. Chris Leland having a, another one of these tonight, and it's great. Nice and crisp with a nice citrusy hop flavor. Gave it a four. And he had it again. This one's nice. Same thing. Gave it a, <laughs> Gave it a four. I just lost my discs. It's all good. Um, did you watch that live happen back then? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Slow motion, too. Slow motion. Like, no... Uh, Mike Pacific Beer Chat didn't say anything, but gave it a four. And Patrick Murphy says a great IPA, gave it a four and a half. And Mike again had it and said tastes like a hopped amber ale, gave it a four. I don't know about that. I have one that you did not mention. I don't even know how I become friends with this account. Uh, Hanover Glassware, <laughs> no idea. <laughs> uh, but they gave it a four point two zero said complete and total anarchy god bless the queen because these patriots are looking for a fisticuffs come out come out and hg will spangle your stars and send you on your way okay oh, okay what thank a you. patriotic <laughs> post <laughs> right um saf you got your 11 um, that we're hit on i'm just gonna read this one because that same guy checked the spear in like 15 times it's from Chew Your Brew or Chew Your Beer. And he said, I keep forgetting that they are 7.5 ABV, but they drink like water. And he gave it a four. And this is in 2016. So maybe there were 7.5 ABV then. and But now they're only seven. Mm, nice. Change things up a little bit. Um, all right. Kane Moyer. He checked in a couple times uh, at a pool. It looks very nice. 3.5, 3.5. Uh, didn't uh, say anything. Another one from him, 3.5. Uh, a person that I just recently became friends with, Dwight Simmons, 
gave it a 375. Christian D, Christian D, James R. A person by the name of Ian gave it a 350. Didn't say anything. Uh, Beer Man, I don't know who he is. He gave it a four. I have like a lot of people who just never didn't say anything. Yeah, I skipped all those. I had a bunch of those too. Yeah. Oh, Tyler McCord. He gave this a 375 and said, well, that's a tasty little surprise. Hoppy up front, but a smooth finish as high as ABV, ABU as you wowzers. ABU. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I don't know what that is. It threw me off. Uh, what a finish for a high ABV as it is. There you go. I fixed it for you. Another one unrated, another or rated but didn't say anything. Rated but didn't say anything. Ooh, Doug Egder said, nice IPA. Like this better than the previous IPA I had from them. Gave it a four. Jesse Favors didn't rate or say anything. Thanks for your participation. <laughs> um, and we just have a, a, a bunch of other ones who didn't say anything. Uh, so, yeah, I'm just going to. Oh, Bill Cruisinger, but didn't say anything. Just four and a half. I almost skipped out on his, but I do have a friend rating of 407, which is higher than the uh, global average. That's pretty good. I could tell you my score might have helped with that because I gave it a 4 out of 5. And I said it was a truly West Coast IPA. And I I don't know. I think it's pretty dang. I, West Coast isn't the thing I normally go to because the the pininess of that. But I think uh, this, the juiciness or the, like the, the, the toned down bitterness, whatever it's causing that, makes this a, a, a tasty brew. Yep, I also gave it a four. I might have been drunk when I actually wrote something, which I normally don't. <laughs> and I said, "Always good things for Union Jack. Very drinkable. Whatever that means." <laughs> Because this was my first time having it. I'm not sure why. It's <laughs> always good things. Always good things. Maybe because the Union Jacks I've been to in Indianapolis, there's two locations. Those are good. Not associated, but those are good. You're right. Uh, but yeah, we had so many people check in. I'm good to jump ahead. <laughs> uh, I gave it a 4.25. I said... Hand holding. I did. <laughs> I said crisp and piney, but not too piney. The citrus cuts through and really improves it to my liking. Great job, Firestone. Well, if you didn't break it, pale, I certainly was going to break it. <laughs> I went <laughs> lower. Um, I gave a 3.75, so it was hey, still really good. We averaged a four. We averaged a four, so I saved it there. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it, it's surprisingly good. When I bought it and found out what it was, I'm like, oh, another typical West Coast. I was super disappointed. But after drinking this, the sweetness of it, as you said, that honey-like, um, there's some type of citrus to it as well. It really cut down. I'm just very surprised that this is 7%. Yeah. I, I just That part I can't believe. But this is actually not bad. I do not regret getting it. So, Yeah. I think yeah. the saving grace part of it was I – had the same thought as you when I went to the liquor store and I saw the four pack or the six pack. I was like, Ugh. and then right next to it was a variety pack, which had four different IPAs in it. And I was like, that's Smart. tolerable. Mm -hmm. I can handle that. I still have three of these to drink, but now I have the other ones to try. Good. So huge fan of variety packs. I don't like it when some breweries that I thought were, you know, small 
end up big enough to have variety packs, but I can pre- <laughs> I can definitely appreciate the variety packs when I have a bunch of friends who could fuck off about craft beer because they don't know. They right. just they just want to drink beer. <laughs> and it's perfect. Then you just get those. Mm-hmm. It's a nice little thing to have on hand. Just some. They're kind of craft beery, and mm-hmm. you can just pull one out anytime you want. In fact, I need to go grab a couple more because I'm out. We haven't even talked about this episode yet. All right. Go get your beers. I'll introduce. Well, you can keep talking. So. Yeah, I'll introduce the. All right. We are doing our Bond Month to celebrate the release of No Time to Die in the beginning of October. So all month long, Digo and Digo ST will be doing Bond-themed episodes. Starting with this one you're listening to right now, which is the ranking of the theme songs. And then Dustin and I will do a Bond video game music episode. Then we'll be back to rank the Bond movies on Digo. And then on Digo ST, we will be talking about some rejected Bond themes. I got a playlist of like 16, 17 theme songs that were recorded for movies that just didn't make the cut. Hashtag save Radiohead. and then we'll wrap up the month with the golden gun awards awarding all things bond like we have done with mario and a couple other things i believe Mm -hmm. and upcoming we will be doing it for link too yep the golden triforce awards Mm -hmm. Uh, but i guess we should get to our first song or our last song this is the uh, lowest rated song lowest ranked i guess and it sounds like this this is you only live twice um from the movie you only live twice the 1967 artist is nancy sinatra you could tell the time period too oh Oh, yeah sure like like this is glamorous female singer in front of a, a band. Yep. Not, not just like a musical group. An entire band. I picture like three different women like just doing hand movements and singing in unison. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> that or she's up center stage with a bunch of tables, just people sitting mm-hmm. and she's just up in the front talking and she's like, hey, uh, Bass guy, give me uh, a solid D, but drop it down a couple. Uh huh. She's just bouncing here. The problem I had with this song is that I didn't get Bond when I listened it, to it. Exactly. It's yeah. so slow. Yeah. And like, the, it's a it doesn't good have the big song. orchestra booms that you need. Yeah. There's no like chorus that really kind of like to build up to. Right, it's it's one of those the problems you have. Do you have artists write music for the film, or do you grab music from artists you want to represent the film? Mm-hmm. And so, sometimes artists don't want to do that. They're like, I'm not gonna write a film specific song. I'm gonna write a song that I want to write, and if you use it, good. If you don't, then I have a song for me to release later. And so I think that's like one of the like where we have part of like the top half of this list are going to be very similar to that. 
yeah, I should mention that the that's actually tied for last place. All these last three song or these next two songs also averaged an eighteen from all of us. Or so uh, there's actually three at the bottom of our playlist. They just kind of ended out this way. Yeah, I was thinking like tiebreakers could be like your if the bond is better in that film, it should be better, but. It, it's like going to be an argument to say who if uh, yeah. uh, what uh, we Go. have Roger Moore versus uh, Sean Connery or Daniel Craig in these three instances. What are you going to say? Like Sean Connery is the mm-hmm. best one, you know, it's or go really... based off just the visuals during the theme song. Yeah. The whatever is happening on screen. Mm-hmm. Is she fucking a kraken? <laughs> mm, not <Yes>. a fan. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the other one that's at the bottom of the list. This is the man with the golden gun from 1974, and the artist is Lulu. I really enjoy the intro to this song, but then once Lulu starts singing, it it gets less interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of, like, 70s disco-era singers. Yeah, it's right dead in the middle of that time period. The problem I have with this song is it's too busy. You have the, the yeah, this is a Bond-related mo- or a song because a man with the golden gun is what you're associated yeah, with. Yeah, like the instrumentals are um, pretty aggressive, but then like her but it's just her singing like, is just, too busy. Yeah, like the singing is aggressive too, so it's just like, okay, uh, one of the two needs to like come down a little bit. Yeah, her voice but her, Basically, up. her singing needs to be a little bit more mellowed out. One thing I'm noticing with this, and I know none of you guys do, so we could have a, a triple crossover here. But not to bring in anime, but uh, <laughs> Lupin the Third, that old anime, that the opening, the because that came out in the seventies, eighties era. So oh, I yeah. think that might have been a spinoff of what this was. So it's definitely that spy kind of you know thievery mm-hmm. type old music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, yeah. Definitely trying to go for like, hey, we're in the seventies, but we still appreciate big band. Right. We still got the Bond flair. Here's the horns to prove it. It's just too busy, too complicated. It's not appealing on the ears. All right, let's go to the next tied for last song, or the final tied for last song. Right, this is Writings on the Wall from Spectre, the year 2015, and the artist is Sam Smith. That is Sam Smith. It, it's a, it's basically yeah, just a that's Sam what it Smith sounds song. like to me. Mm-hmm. Nothing ever really bondy about it. No, but it does yeah. have similarities to like some of the songs the way the intro started but it still doesn't give bond vibes to me it's like maybe if adele did this <laughs> it would be good like it's like he's trying to copy skyfall because that was a huge hit 
Right. It's really tough to follow Adele. Like Sam Smith, it, this is what he put, did. And if you listen to it, we're not talking about it. But Billie Eilish song, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. it sounds very similar. And I also didn't like that one at all. This is my problem with the song oh, right he, here. He's so it's high-pitched. Falsetto. It, 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 it's the song builds, and it builds to this, this, like, high-pitched falsetto. Yeah. Like, that's the top of the song like no it should like come in with something but it never does mm-hmm. it never hits yeah like right there it should also yeah. have like yep. an explosion of something uh but the problem is it's not sexy right mm-hmm. like you think bond you think sexy and doesn't say anything about bond or specter i think i rank this a little bit high because of the artist i like sam smith mostly but i'm not getting like bond like vibes from it really yeah i have no problem with sam smith it's just the bond thing it's i can't say that i have problems with anyone on this list yeah just invokes more sadness you think of some of his songs like you said not sexy Mm -hmm. and have that vibe (laughs) that's why you definitely need the visuals with these then they're all sexy Uh, let's go on to number 19 on our list. The Lone Ranger at <laughs> 19. <laughs> this is The Living Daylights from 1987, and the artist is Aha. <laughs> so this band is very similar to another one coming up where I just wanted to like the song because of who did it. Yeah. I know Aha had that one big hit in America. Well, Take On Me? Yeah. Mm. But I guess they were crazy popular in England. Mm. Yeah. It's like a post-glam rock band. <laughs> It's another one that never gets into the full bond. Mm-hmm. It just kind of sounds like an aha song. Living daylight. It sounds like they were like, hey, can you write us a song? And then they wrote a song with the yeah. name. And then yeah. <laughs> here's the name of the bond or the movie. Here, Have at uh, it. Write a song about it. I just wanted to like this song, but I just couldn't. Yeah. Yep. I like this part. But that's that's my favorite part. Okay. Um, I wondered next, why we were holding on song. to that. All right. This is number 18 on our list. It is for your eyes only from 1981 in the artist is Sheena Easton. Another 
more yeah. mellow song. Mm -hmm. You can see so much in me, so much in me that's nude. So much of me that's nude? What? <laughs> in this uh, opening theme song, yes. I was going to say, I, this feels nude. more like a nudie theme. It's for your eyes only. You can see my titties. Seems very... Top Gunny yeah. too, yeah, <laughs> yes. Like they're singing this in the bar, trying I mean, to pick up chicks. That's eighty-one for you. Yeah. I like that all these songs kind of fit in the time period mm -hmm. the movies come out. It kind of like puts a big yeah, time stamp get that on the style movie. of the era. Because it does match the movie, because the movies don't age very well either. Neither does the music, so... That's true. It's one complete package of cringe. I think that's yeah. enough of that. It's kind of boring. Nothing special, nothing too horrible either. Here we got number 17. Rugrats. Do, 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 do. <laughs> It is from Moonraker. It is called Moonraker. The year is 1979, and the artist is Shirley Bassey. Get used to that name. Hmm? Get used to that name. Yeah, she's she's a popular Bond theme writer or singer. Which we make sure we give David Harbour. Yeah, was it David Harbour? Give him some respect for writing a lot of the music. David Harbert from Stranger Things? <laughs> He's very talented. Oh, man, what can't he do? <laughs> yeah, this one, the music, uh, the background kind of sounded spacey, which is perfect yeah. for what the theme is of the show or the movie. Uh, but it's more of like the... Uh, is it really Bond? But it has got that sound in like the name... It's got the little bit of like a play coy sexy, and that, mm -hmm. I guess that's Roger Moore's style. <laughs> and you got Shirley Bassey's vocals, which is Bond already, because she's got like a couple of mm -hmm. the biggest Bond themes. Mm -hmm. But this is the worst of the ones she did. Yeah. Because it looked like it was at the end of her run when this one came out. She recorded one for Quantum of Solace, but it didn't get used. Aww. We'll talk about that on a different episode. It's way better than the one they actually used. You. <laughs> okay, let's go on to the next one. Sequence so bad. That's the one where the bullet goes up the <laughs> barrel of the gun barrel. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> what are you to? Uh, so this one actually has like footage uh, of it. Yeah. In, during the theme song. It, it, it like cuts to him being tortured. So there's a lot of that noise in the background uh this is number what 16 from die another day 
the year is 2002, and the artist is Madonna. That's Madonna. I will say this is my least favorite just Bond theme. It's too uh, Britney for me. It's, it doesn't, so it's not very Madonna. No, Britney is too <laughs> yeah, Madonna. Madonna. There you go. <laughs> the disrespect. I say I. Yeah, I think I fell into the trap of popular artists with a really nice sounding song. <laughs> Sigmund Freud. What, yeah, what does that mean? Come on. <laughs> the next, the next line is you know like you think you want to do it and you end up doing. It. I don't know. It's stupid. It's, it's, yeah. it's. I d- I did fall into a trap. It's a trap. She says, "Die another day." Like, well, at least you know what movie you're song, watching. So <laughs> that's the only part I can remember about this song. Mm-hmm. That's why I ranked it high because I'm like, hey, I know this one because she just repeats it a lot. Yeah. That's all. The visuals are cool. I mean, that's got to be a disclaimer for all of this. All these songs, they got to go with the visual. I mean, there's a few of the songs that when we get to the bottom of our list, which is our top ones that stand alone without the visuals, but you put all these together, Mm -hmm. you're fine with the song because you're just distracted by what's on the screen. Kind of blends together. Visual artistry. All right, let's move on. I don't want to listen to this anymore. (laughs) Number 14 on our list is A View to a Kill from the year 1985, and the artist is Duran Duran. Sounds like a level in the N64 game. It does. Right there, there's a plus. It sounds like a bond. Oh, I did know this one. It's middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of where I put it in the middle. I, I think that's kind of where it belongs. Yeah, I ranked it too low. I already listened to it again. Yeah, you did. <laughs> it deserves to be like between like 12 and like 16. Yeah, this is also really tough because this is at the end of Roger Moore. So yeah, it's his last one. And it's like shifting generation of music mm-hmm. from when you started with Roger Moore to yeah. where it is now. I don't love the dance into the fire part of the song, but I like the beginning of it. I say, how old was Roger Moore when he recorded this one? I l- no, I like that like part. The 85? Dance <laughs> into the fire. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, he, he's 57 in this movie. Oh, he's 50, oh, dang, he did not age bum. well. No, he looks no. like a grandpa. He's like got a cane in the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, and it always felt bum. weird, like when girls were like young girls were kissing up on him. It's like, damn, they think he has money. Mm. That's what that is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like. I'll probably say this multiple times on these episodes. There's a little fact I know. Sean Connery is. 41 in his last Bond movie and Roger Moore is 45 in his first Bond movie. Dang. Whoa. Old. Why did they go so much older? I, d- I don't know why. Uh, they liked him. They loved him. <laughs> they wanted him earlier, they but him. they never... He was always busy or something. Oh, okay. Scheduling conflicts. Yeah. 
He was uh, recording Avengers, I think, at that time. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to the next one, which is... We'll hear it in a second. Oh, my thing first. Yeah, this has the Bond theme song to, yeah. to it. That's why I like that a lot. Plus, I like garbage. Yep, this is number 15 on the list. <laughs> the artist is garbage. Wait a second. Uh, I'm so confused. The movie is The World Is Not Enough, and it came out in 1999. Yeah, and like if you know Courtney Love, you're like, ah, she's not sexy, but the song kind of sounds yeah, sexy. It yeah. So it pretty much checked the boxes for me for, you know, I agree. the theme. I was high up there with you. Well, closest one. Mm-hmm. I say anything in the Bronson, Pierce Bronson era. Those are your right. movies. Yep. I got them all in VHS. <laughs> yeah, I was a Daniel Craig fan. I have all his Blu-rays. Well, I am too, but yeah. I started in the Bronson. Brod- Brosnan? Brosnan. Brosnan. Brosnan, thank you. Yeah. Bronson. That's a uh, dumbass just went to space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think this is a bad song. I just wish it, sort of like with the Sam Smith song, I feel like there should be something to pick it up right there and it, like in her vocals when the music picked up. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a problem. The problem with it, like, you have a lot of these, you know, uh, genre changing yeah. uh, singers who are trying to. Do more of like, category. yeah, like a jukebox artist almost, <laughs> like adding a little bit of flair to it. And that's why I like the next one a lot. Yeah, because Bond theme is essentially a genre of its own. It became over time. Right, yeah. All right, let's go to the next one since you brought it up. I did. This is number 13, Quantum of Solace. Uh, the song is called Another Way to Die. So, came out. 2008 and the artist are Jack White and Alicia Keys. Again, I really love the instrumental version of this. But I don't love their voice the the lyrics or their the vocals. I think if it was just Alicia Keys. Yes, 100%. Yes, this would be way high for me. Not, not that I, I don't. I love Jack White. This, this, yeah, I don't like that his voice is higher than hers. Yeah, that's throwing me off there. Right. Oh. I can hear her, but it's like I want him to like kind of go away a little bit. Yeah, just Alicia Keys. But yeah. you can hear they incorporated a lot of the older stuff, like the yes. Mm-hmm. Like the inch, that was cool right there. Wow, wow. She does wow. with her piano too once in a while too. I mean, I have to say, and I know Dustin will agree, but the percussion's pretty damn good yes, in this yeah. too. So Jack White played it. It was him. Yep. I also realized I screwed up the rankings, guys. I have two number tens on the list. Oh man. I I forgot number eighteen on the list. <laughs> so we'll just leave as is. It would have been funny if you put all tens. 
I love that. So it's it's highly up there because it's a very enjoyable song. It's fun and it has callbacks to. Yeah, I like a lot about it, but except for the Jack White, just I think yeah, turn his vocals off. I think it'd be a yeah, just <laughs> drum. I would have improved my score a lot. Yeah, yeah. Play all the music. Don't sing. Or if it was Jack White without Alicia Keys, even I might like it more. I just don't think their voices meshed well together. Yeah, they don't go yeah. well together. They yeah, because they're well. like they're singing at the same time, like most of the song. Yeah, they need to have like separate parts. I feel like. All right, let's go on. I think we listened to most of this song already. Yeah. This is not the song. Fooled me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is. Number 12, From Russia With Love, 1963. Artist is Matt Monroe. Turn that one down a little bit. I think this is the melodic one so far. A little caveat on this one. This song, I kind of shoehorned in there. It actually is from the closing credits of the movie. Uh, It just does Mm. the instrumental during the opening theme. And then the one with the lyrics is at the closing. Why well, I rated it so low. <laughs> because I was like, this is just an intro music. Yeah. They also played this song on a radio mm-hmm. or something in the, in, the, in the movie. I love his vocals, to be honest. I went a little bit high on it. Got a like a Frank Sinatra e vibe. Yeah, old crooner voice. Very classic. Definitely very like sixties. I enjoy listening to him. It's nice. It's it's got that romantic tone to it. It's kind of yeah. Yep. It's a nice dancing like like, song. And it is the second Bond movie, so the the formula has not been set yet. What a Bond theme is. I'm just curious with myself. I'm like, which one did I mean to put 18 here? <laughs> the one before or this one? I'm like, damn it. Because that would definitely move those two yeah, around. Flip them, but I just noticed you have two tens. Yeah, we, <laughs> just, we, okay, we talked about I'm, that. I'm panel. behind. you got to listen to us we're on the show. He, can only, he has one head. I can only listen. Yeah, his, his headphone with the music in it, it stayed in while the, our voices fell out. Is that because my voice isn't coming through the sound system? You can't hear me when I talk? I can't barely hear you talking. <laughs> oh, my because God. I can hear you easily. <laughs> All right, let's go on, I think, before we fall asleep. You can do one of these, if that's easier. The one closest to me, you can just take your gun barrel. That would probably make more sense. Number 11, Casino Royale. I guess the song is called You Know My Name from Chris Cornell, and it's... We're in 2006 right now. I just realized that I marked this song as a 16. It's supposed to be a 6. And Duran Duran was supposed to be the 16. <laughs> oh, Man, gosh. This is broken. Let's scrap this up. Chris Cornell is over. a great <laughs> artist. I was like, how did well, I give Duran Duran so high? <laughs> Moved For those that don't know, Chris Cornell was from Audio Slave yeah. and Soundgarden. I'm glad I wasn't the only one that screwed this up. <laughs> <laughs> so complicated. <laughs> it moves up to seven. 
<laughs> yeah, it would have moved it up a bit. But it's stuck where it is now. I would say this one for me, I love the visuals. Oh, the visuals. Because it's kind of like a, a 3D cartoon. Oh, yes. It, it's like in a card deck, too, or whatever. It's like mm-hmm. on a on a deck of cards or in a casino. Yeah. Plus the music, not so much the vocals, but just that opening mm-hmm. did it for me. Definitely Bond. We also had like seven years between the last Bond and this one, and so yeah. you got pretty yeah. jazzed up like when that first gun happened and yep. this this music started it was rocking i love the intro of this yes. song mm-hmm. absolutely of course he doesn't it, like audio sleep right right i put it right smack dab in the middle mm-hmm. i like it i wouldn't say i love it but i think it's yeah. being good the problem with it i have is you never say christina royale the name of the song is <laughs> you know my name yeah a couple of these songs do that yeah. all right let's go to the next one I just should uh, get the premium. <laughs> All right, this is number 10 on the list. It's Thunderball from 1965. Tom Jones is your artist. Uh, I love Tom Jones. Mm-hmm. That's why I ran, he ranked this one pretty high. 27, I think, when he wrote this Holy song. cow. Young Tom Jones. Yeah. I think that's what I was reading on the YouTube comments because those are so reliable. But <laughs> <laughs> well, this one, I think we got on uh, pretty close to on the head with it because we're pretty close to an averaging eleven, and yeah. most of us like plus or minus one or two on the eleven. I believe Shirley Bassey did a version of this song too, but it was called "Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang" because that was the original title for the movie. Yeah, I, I like that. It's got more Bond mm-hmm. in it, and I love it. The horns. Yeah, I like the Bond theme is included. I think this movie was also the first movie that had, like, unrealistic gadgets involved. Mm-hmm. Like, you have Q showing up in the previous ones, but mm-hmm. he doesn't have any fancy, like, he has yeah, hidden kind of normal stuff. And then yeah. they get more outlandish as it goes. He, get a, he gets a fucking jetpack with a parachute on <laughs> yeah. it in, yeah. in the beginning and intro of this after he, like, breaks... Like after he, he beats the up. shit out of that lady. <laughs> yeah, yeah. After it's like a guy in disguise. Yeah, it's like after the... At the funeral or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Then Austin Powers does the same thing in one of his movies. <laughs> yeah. Well, Austin Powers That's my is mother. Just, Austin Powers is just James Bond, just Americanized and made into a joke. Mm-hmm. So, are we going to have an Austin Powers month coming up here? After Bond month? <laughs> Is that, yeah, that next? Uh, it came out in 97, so when's the anniversary? Yeah. <laughs> so, 2027. Right, I moved on. This is number nine, License to Kill from 89. The artist, Gladys Knight. Very, uh, very, like, mental. Bonzi intro right there. Yeah. I meant to rank this one higher, damn it. One of the few that I really know. 
And she's got that sexy voice. It's just yeah. automatically sexy. Mm-hmm. I, I love this song. Anything to say about this song? It's I don't. It I just kind of speaks for itself. Yeah, that's why rain is so high. <laughs> Can I add a third number ten? <laughs> Pump it up a little bit. This might be. Too- I really did like this movie too. So yeah, I do. That's like why this. I know this because I've seen this one multiple times. I'm like, that's why I know this. Let's go. License to Kill is still Timmy Dalton, right? Mm hmm. Yeah. That's his second one. Oh, this one's a good one. This is number eight from Octopussy. It's called All Time High. Very sexy. 1983. And the artist Rita Coolidge. Like that part right there, that first like 10 seconds, sounds like Queen so much. Like (laughs) Freddie Mercury. Yeah, it also has like a very bluesy jazz line on the on those on those horns. Hmm. Well, this is lounge singing. She's yes. up on the piano. It's so cozy. I just want to like curl up in a blanket yeah. and watch this movie. Yeah. Say so she sounds like. Uh... Uh, Karen Carpenter. Oh yeah, yeah. Of the Carpenters. That's what I first thought of when I first heard it. Surprised she never sang anything. She would have been perfect. Ah, she probably submitted. She had a beautiful voice. But yeah, this is like Roger Moore sounding mm-hmm. intros to me. Yeah, it, it perfectly encapsula- encapsulates the feeling of this movie. It's just mellow and yeah, and women everywhere. Yeah, we have a crew of octo pussies, eight of them, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> With Maude Adams in her second appearance, yeah, as a a, a different character. If- I wasn't noticeable or anything. <laughs> it happens a lot in this series. Yeah. Yeah. Got the uh, the intro <laughs> right there. Ow! Oh, it broke my screen. All right, it broke your we... overhead uh, <laughs> chandelier. <laughs> well, the gr- the screen shattered when that noise happened. The uh, this is number seven, "Tomorrow Never Dies" from 1997, and the artist is Sheila Crow. Ooh, I hit my microphone. 
It's one of the few that I know. <laughs> so I ranked it so high. We're all pretty yeah. close. It just didn't suit her, I didn't think. Hmm? I just didn't think the style of music suited her. That's one of the prime examples. That's yeah. a sexy song. It's kind yeah. of like more punk than Sheryl Crow. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't know it was Sarah, Cheryl Crow yeah. <laughs> the entire time until I saw it. I go, no. I do like the song, though. If it's got that Bond in the background, the typical Bond theme. Ugh. All the girls look like microchips. Yep. <laughs> I love the bad guy in this movie. He's so ridiculous. What's his name? can't think of the actor right now. Well, Elliot Carver? Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Pierce. Martini's Girls and Guns. That's t- I thought she said titty. titties. More titties girls. My titties. <laughs> More titties, titties girls and guns. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's go. On. Say we can roll on. Hmm. Number six, the spy who loved me. One of my favorites. nobody does it better. The nineteen seventy seven Carly Simon. This is also one of my favorites. <laughs> I just think it's a good song without it being a Bond song. Yeah. I say you'll see in the I'm sure photos we'll post of this episode, uh, but I grew up. My mom loved James Bond, so she had a CD, and I ended up taking it when I moved out. The best of the Bond music, and that's why I first discovered this song. Not so much. I don't think I've ever seen the movie. I'm sure I have, but I'm like just as a standalone. I'm like, man, I like this. Spy who even says there it is. Insert movie title here. <laughs> it's like sort of like what we we're saying with the Rudy Coolidge song. It's just like a cozy, calm song that mm-hmm. per- yeah. perfectly fits the J- Roger Moore. It's like she's singing it for Roger Moore. <laughs> but that's debatable for some people. Who the best Bond is. Is that part of our award ceremony? Best Bond? Yeah, we got to determine who's the best. Idris Alba. I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> He's not even on the list of not Bonds. <laughs> never in the running. <laughs> All right, here we got... Number five, go. Goldeneye, 1995. Yeah. Tina Turner. Do, do. Seen this movie so many times. And played video game. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yep. Very noticeable from the theme song for the game. If 
you listen to the lyrics, it's clear she has no idea what Goldeneye is or who James Bond is. <laughs> yep. Goldeneye's not a person, it's a satellite. <laughs> Goldeneye. She's like, you want me to repeat what? Goldeneye. <laughs> and then this part. Which is, you'll never know how I watched you as a child. <laughs> oh, it's not in this version. Uh, it skipped that verse. It's like, Tina Turner be dirty. I say this is, uh, what, 1995? Yeah. So my VHS version of this, this is the first time. So this is, what, nine years old? So we were about nine at this age. I remember seeing the titties on the screen like, what? I love this. (laughs) (laughs) Those is a child. Oh, my God. I never thought about that lyric. Stalker status. I need an adult. <laughs> uh, but I do like this song. I ranked it pretty high too. Yeah, but just the lyrics are insane. I think maybe because we grew up with the uh, Pierce Brosnan yeah. Bond, this yeah. like this is Bond to me. This was my first. This one. is Bond first one I saw and then I went back and forward alright let's go forward right now or back depending on how you think of it number four is Goldfinger Double Gold 1964 Shirley Bassey a lot of these songs sound very similar that she's in Mm -hmm. Goldfinger So you could stop it. That's all yeah. the song is. So. That's the <laughs> I feel like she's she's singing into one of those like I don't know iron. Yeah, it's got like an like, echo to it. Yeah, yeah. I love when the theme is in there included. This is the one where he spies on him and figures out he's cheating at the board game and then fucks his girl (laughs) and then she ends up dying. Death. And odd jobs throwing cats at everybody. Mm -hmm. Who throws a shoe, honestly? Let's go. We got another Shirley Bassey to get to. I'm not too high on Shirley Bassey, but it does. You do get Bond from it, yeah. Number three, Diamonds Are Forever, 1971, and again Shirley Bassey. I just think she became kind of synonymous with James Bond after she did a couple of songs. So I do that's like why that. These, ga- these songs are popular. Diamonds are forever. 
Then Kanye West came in and ruined it. I was just say, she's definitely made iconic the titles of the movies. Mm-hmm. So with gold finger, yeah. diamonds are forever. It's like everything else kind of Moon falls right <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Moonraker. It's the same oh, song. Yeah. It, it is. <laughs> she doesn't sound so brassy tinny right now in this one. Yeah. She got a better microphone five years later. I say technology changed so much into the 70s. Yeah. You think Kanye ruined this song? Yeah. Kanye West? It's fine by. I was surprised he wasn't on this list, so. I I heard that song first before I heard this one. (laughs) I knew this one. I'm like, of course Kanye has taken something from the past. I just think this song is perfectly iconic on its own. You don't need another artist to record (laughs) a different thing. Exactly. Rap over it. All right, getting to our top two. Let's do it. Number two, Skyfall from 2012, and the artist is Adele. This is the end Hold your breath and count to ten and This movie's pretty dark, so I think her tone fits it perfectly. Yeah. my heart burst For this is the end I mean... Judy Dench freaking dies in this one, so... (laughs) Yeah. Ugh, Judy. And it has, like, the proper build-up to what... Yeah. Saf was complaining about earlier, where they actually do something with it. Mm -hmm. And she can hit those high notes, and it's not just, like, a... (laughs) Falsetto right. or a scream because yeah. it can't get it. Yeah, I do like the the use of the skyfall in the lyrics, but also have that like everything build up to it. Yeah, and then also sound very Bondy. It, it's it mar- checks everything for me. I yeah. love this song. And skyfall kind of has a double meaning because it's the name of the house mm-hmm. in the movie, but it's also like everything's falling apart. Is it the most like popular song? It's possibly uh, most played on the radio. I th- it yeah it went like platinum and won a bunch of awards and shit. But however, uh, the Duran Duran song was the only one to hit number one on the Billboard 100. Oh wow! Oh dang! Yeah, but a lot. Of, I think a lot of people say this is the number one not recognizable Bond song because most people don't know Live and Let Die is a Bond song yeah it's a popular song <laughs> on it's own too yeah mm-hmm. speaking of that yeah number one Live and Let Die Paul McCartney and Wings from 1973 
I think it was a little bit harsher on this one is because it's like I felt like it was a popular song before Bond came out. <laughs> it was written for the movie. I know, but it... <laughs> but we weren't alive in '73, so it was popular by the time we were born. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's probably not in the best of the movies either. Living Let Die is yeah. oh, mediocre. <laughs> Great guitar riff. Yeah, I love all that. Right there. Didn't he do this in the Super Bowl? Pretty sure I think he so. And he yeah. yeah. Headlined. Yeah. It's not SNL. <laughs> This one also has this weird tone shift. Let's yeah. dance now. I like the tempo of the song. Like, I think he, he went to a, a Beatles-like yeah. thing here. <laughs> it's, it's short, though. Bad guy's chasing me. Bond music. Bond music. But it's there. All right, and then I guess we can talk about. I have this one to play, the No Time to Die song, but we didn't rank it because we don't have the movie to compare it with or whatever. It's a preemptive review of the theme song. Oh, was I supposed to listen to it? You can listen to it right now. I mean, okay. you didn't rank it, so. Get your... It's a Jurassic Park? your live reaction so sad definitely yeah I thought maybe it was like a string of some sort but it's just piano I classic Billie Eilish okay cool cool <laughs> William Eilish she said depressed yeah William Eilish <laughs> William Eilish <laughs> always gets in my eye <laughs> So a very like slow tempo, like seventy. Yeah. Right. I can't tell if it's loud enough because she's very quiet. No, it's loud. Is this movie gonna be sad? I mean, it is Daniel Craig's last movie, so yeah, probably. Oh. So no time to die. Sounds like everyone's gonna die because this is like very somber. Be the end of James Bond. It's like the end of the world. It's gonna be happen. the next James Bond. It just reincarnates. A little bit of Bondy right there. Yeah, I, I don't think it ever gets above this though. Is the problem? It, Oh, so it's very Sam Smith oh, right there. Yes, exactly. uh, Sam Smith right That's there. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's very much uh, like a re- redo of that. It's like she brought in other like songs and did her own little thing. You could really say that it's very like Sam Smithy or really a deli because both those yeah. tried to mimic the song after mm-hmm. Casino Ro- or uh, Skyfall. Um, I don't know. 
just wonder what the uh, visuals will be like for this. Yeah, we don't. It's just a, a picture of her face right now. A bunch this of crying. It's going to be sad. I can't picture a bunch of naked ladies dancing in the background of this. Yeah. <laughs> not very PC anymore. I don't think That's the true. Daniel Craig movies haven't really had that too much. No. That is true. They did get rid of that modern era. He's like, no, that is not me. We'll not have it. Bunch of dudes with their schlongs <laughs> flopping. <laughs> yeah, you can see the silhouette of schlongs so. wiggling around to, to balance like, out all the nipples. Now, so. You're like, hold on, wait a minute. This isn't a Sean Connery movie. Why do I have so many phallic objects on my screen? <laughs> all right, that's going to do it. I do have, uh, I guess I do have one more song we can listen to on as we do our outros to bring it up from this sadness that we're listening to. <laughs> this never happened, happened to the other fellow. Great theme song, just there's no lyrics to judge. This is Her Majesty's Secret Service? Yes. From 1969, John Barry is the, uh, or whatever you call it, composer. composer yeah. I couldn't think of the word. <laughs> so it sounds like the horn replaces vocals in this. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. It is nice. All right, well, you can find us on all of the socials at Drinkin' Geek Out. We don't have one specific for Drink OST. We post everything from there, so... You should just get on there. Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Uh, do we have a TikTok? No, we don't have a TikTok. <laughs> I, oh, I did Lord. make one. I've never used it, though. Okay, we have a TikTok. Cool. Uh, <laughs> we also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash drinkinggeekout. We have a thread this floor, which is drinkinggeekout.threadless.com. And then we have a TeePublic, which is tpublic.com slash drinkin-geekout slash store or something like that. Yeah, it's weird. You can find a link in Instagram and Twitter, I believe. Yeah. Uh, but get the shirts. If you can find it, if you can find the design on TeePublic, get it there. I feel like those are better quality t-shirts. Uh, but we have more available designs on Threadless because of approval processes that it just takes forever for TeePublic. I need to get a bond shirt up there but i just don't have a idea yet we'll figure something out we have an entire month i got one. Oh, good <laughs> is that it uh, yeah i think so all right um so stay tuned uh, as i said at the beginning we got a bunch of bond stuff planned across both podcasts so if you're not subscribed to both get subscribed to both on whatever you podcast on or listen to podcast on. Yeah. Until next time. Drink up. Drink, drink up. up. And geek out. Geek out. Digo will return. <laughs> <laughs>